about it all the time. It's, it's so true. It's, it's really just being alongside with the person, not trying to fix it, but just walking alongside them through their thing. Um, that can be so helpful. So. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Sarah about her journey with postpartum depression and anxiety and her creation of greeting cards that help speak truth into real life situations. Hello and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I'm so excited to have you here and listen to uh, what you have to share with us today. So if Thank you, wanna... you. Me too. Yeah. If you want to start off by telling us who you are and a little bit about you, that'd be awesome. That would be probably a good place to start. So, yep, I am also Sarah with an H. Sarah Weger. I am a 35-year-old full-time mom with a beautiful three-year-old daughter. Um, my husband, our family and I, we live up in Burien, Washington, which is just outside of Seattle. Um, we've been up here for like, I think almost 10 years. and. Uh, yeah, I am also currently a greeting card designer. I have my company called Hey Weeks, which is like what my friends call me. It's like my personal favorite greeting. It just like makes me so happy every time I see them and I walk into the room and say, Hey Weeks. And so that's what I decided to go with. Um, and yeah, my cards are there. I've been told they would never be in a Hallmark store, <laughs> which I take as a compliment. Um, they're very direct and to the point and but always uplifting and positive irreverent is a word that's commonly used to describe them um and I love 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 making cards for moms specifically so how's that that's awesome I'm so excited for this oh like all of this but um so how about we go back to when this all first started or I mean if we want to go back to when your daughter was first born and your journey into entering motherhood and what that was like. Oh man. Yeah. Yep. Because that is, a, that's a big, my story is a big part of why I launched a card company actually, and why I designed the cards that I do. And so I, we, we waited a while to have kids and to have a kid. Um, and I, was nervous about the type of mom that I would be, of course, as I think we all are. Um, but I really had, so I was diagnosed, I'll jump ahead a bit, uh, with postpartum depression and anxiety about four months into being a mom. Um, but I can look back on, I would say around like being seven months pregnant and having like crazy debilitating anxiety. And I actually developed a type of insomnia at that time because I would just, I thought, you know, going to bed, you're just uncomfortable. You feel huge. You can't sleep. And, you know, but it wasn't just that it was that I would start spiraling out about what kind of mom I was going to be, what horrible things were going to happen. All of the worst case scenario things that were definitely going to happen, um, before she even arrived. And so after she was born, 
um, that just was amplified. And depression, I think I had, I was unknowingly dealing with that actually for the last, for the, I would say two years prior to that. And it, to me, looked like the form of being really burned out of my job, but I just chalked it up to that. And I thought, you know, I just have to work harder, I have to push through, find a different way to do my job. Um, but I really was depressed and it was more than just being burned out. Um, so I didn't deal with it. And then after I became a mom, of course, everything just becomes like exponentially harder and, you know, as it is. And we had, my daughter had acid reflux and that was a nightmare. It was a mess. She just, you know, wasn't sleeping well every day. Every time I nurse her, it became like a one hour thing, at least just between, you know, giving her like a steady amount and then having to sit her upright for about a half an hour afterwards every time to burp her. So it wouldn't all come up. And it just was like, it was a mess. My doctor wasn't, we ended up changing doctors. She wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't listening to me at the time. Just, you know, thought, oh yeah, my wife dealt with that too. And it wasn't that bad, you know, which should have been a sign for me to change doctors, <laughs> but, um, so there just was a lot going on. And I remember thinking, okay, yes, things are difficult. This is really hard. Everyone told me it's going to be hard. But I remember the moment where I knew there was a problem. Like it was a very, it was a, it, it was more than just being a new mom and momming being hard and having a newborn being hard. I remember the point that I realized it was a problem because it was, you know, I had just nursed her. She was sitting in her little bouncer right in front of me, just cute as could be. And it was another winter day. She was born in November, which might've had something to do with it in hindsight, because up here in Washington, it's, you know, winter days or you wake up when it's dark and you like, you know, my husband would come home from work and it was already dark. It's just a lot of dark, gloomy, gross weather. So anyway, it was another one of those days. And I just remember thinking like, she's happy. We're listening to music. She's kicking her feet. And I had no desire to do anything with her for her. It was, it, and it had been that way, just doing the bare minimum, like what I absolutely had to do. Um, but that wasn't just it. It was, I realized I was not being the type of mom that I had envisioned being to her at all. And most importantly, I had no desire to be. And I thought that's the problem. And so when it had been that way for, I had learned from my doctor later on that two weeks of that should have been enough. Like when it has been two weeks of you like consistently trying to solve the, a problem health-wise, and you haven't been able to, you go in and you get it taken care of with a professional. But for me, it had been not just the first, you know, three, four months. It had been actually going back a couple years with depression. So my daughter, in a way, I, I feel like she had given me that gift of, you know, if I hadn't done it for me, if I hadn't gotten help for me by that point for my marriage, I I was going to do it for her and to be the mom that I envisioned being for her. So that was really 
you know, my motivation in the beginning was just, I, I got to, this is not right. I want to be a better mom. I want to be somewhat the mom I envision being, even though this is really hard. And uh, so I, you know, booked an appointment with a therapist who then told me to check in with my doctor, who then got me on medication. I continued therapy for a couple of years and it took me a few months to start kind of, you know, seeing the clouds part a little bit and just very small step, baby steps at a time. And part of my healing, I guess, um, is that I finally, I've always been a creative person. Um, and my husband for mother's day, you know, that what, six months before that he bought me an iPad with like, you know, so that I could draw more and like work with an, the app called procreate is what I used to do on my cards. And I hadn't even picked it up. I felt like an asshole. It, I just, it was sitting there and I was like, I'm so ungrateful, you know, but it's again, it's like depression. That's depression. That's what part of it looks like. So I started picking it up. I started doodling and I was just feeling this like snarkiness in me of like, this situation sucks. I don't like it. This is really hard. I feel for other moms. Like, let me just come up with things that I would love to receive in a card that I would love to hear. And part of that was also because, you know, I, this is another story for another time, but I actually ended up going public with my diagnosis because, um, I say I go public, like I'm some celebrity, but I'm not like no one even, I, I don't know that many people, but <laughs> my family is huge. And, um, I'm the youngest of eight kids actually. We're oh, wow. Irish Catholic. Yeah. My mom was one of 10. No way. Yeah. I have, I have four siblings. So I have two biological siblings and then two step siblings. But, um, I mean, I love big families. Right. It's, so, yeah. Awesome. It's like a party every, it's like a crazy party that you need a nap from afterwards yeah. every time, but you love them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's fun. So you get it. Yeah. So someone like that I was, am very close with around that, like, you know, a couple of weeks before my diagnosis was going through, um, addiction, had had a relapse and out of frustration and venting to my husband, I said about that person, I said, like, how are they ever going to, you know, like, of course this happened because how can they ever really get like work through this? If they never wanted to, like, every time I tried to talk to them about it, it was just like shut down, you know, like everything's fine. Everything's totally fine. Yep. Thanks for asking, but I'm fine. And so when their relapse happened, I just, you know, in a venting frustration moment, I said, like, I said those things, like, how can they ever really work through this if they're not going to talk about it? If they're not going to admit that they have this major problem that they need help with. And then fast forward a couple of weeks and I get diagnosed and I'm thinking, well, shit, either I'm, you know, going to be a hypocrite or I need to practice what I preach here and say, here's what's going on. Uh, you know, and so that's the decision I made was to own it and say, here's what's happening. But I wasn't ready to either send the group text out to the massive family and have everyone calling and texting. And I, for me at the time, I just thought throwing it out into the abyss of social media was going to be a lot easier for me to manage. I could follow up on comments when I wanted to, if I wanted to, I could just hit the little like, you know, that kind of thing. And what happened after that was it, it blew me away. 
not in like a good or bad way. It was just the sheer number of women that had responded either publicly in their comments on that post, those posts on Instagram and Facebook, or through direct message was overwhelming. And I realized I, I'm not just not alone in this, but I am actually surrounded, unfortunately, by women who have been through this themselves or by husbands whose wives went through this themselves um, or by women who are actually going through it now, but haven't said that they have. And I thought, oh my God, this is, this is huge. This is such a, a, an apparent problem that no one's talking about. And so I didn't choose for it to go this way. I didn't want to even talk about it. Um, but when that happened, I just felt such a strong obligation to keep talking about it so that, you know, all of these women, all these partners, um, didn't feel that sense of shame, you know, and, and didn't have that feeling of like, well, I don't know what to say about it. So I'm not going to say anything. And it also became apparent that we don't talk about it. We don't know how to respond to it. And we don't therefore know what the right thing to say is when someone says, Hey, I'm going through depression <laughs> because I heard all kinds of stuff from people meaning well. And, um, but it was just, uh, you know, all of this to say, there are certain things I was told again from people who meant well, that just clearly had not experienced depression or anxiety before that just, you know, probably wouldn't, would have been better not to hear. <laughs> so, um, so that all of that to say, that's where some of my cards were born. Like the very first one I created actually says, um, what doesn't kill you makes you want to drop kick anyone who says it makes you stronger. <laughs> and that has been a top seller. Actually, I think a lot of people have been able to relate to that because maybe they've been on the receiving end of that cliche, you know, and it's just not helpful. It's like, oh, I don't want to be stronger. I don't want to have to go through this battle. I didn't pick it. I like, I'm strong enough. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, I mean, like, honestly, I think, I think it's like that thing that's going on right now of, I mean, maybe it has been going on forever, but now like as becoming a mom, I notice it more. And it's one of those things where, you know, you're this independent woman and you got all your crap together. And it's like, now you're responsible for this other kid. And you're like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? I can't do this, but you think I got to do it all by myself. And it's like, no, you don't like, you don't. And then, you know, I think even now it's, it's about like a year and a half postpartum for me and I'm kind of like so far disconnected from that like initial little baby phase that I have you know forgotten so much about and um like you were saying it's such like an amplified time period of if you have something that's already kind of like pre-existing when now that baby comes into your life it kind of amplifies all of that and it's like oh my gosh, I want to do this for her. Like you said, like, I was kind of like, I want to teach her, you know, everything's possible. And, and you can grow up to be anything that you want. And I was like, if I'm telling her this stuff, I have to believe it too. Sure. So it was like that 
drive for more and wanting what's best for her, I kind of was like, well, I, I have to be that role model. Like I have to step up my game almost, <laughs> you know, in order to, yeah. <laughs> to show her like, well, mommy, like, why didn't you tr- like chase your dreams or why didn't you do that? Yeah. And it's like, you know what? You're right. Like, so like, I wanted to kind of like believe it myself in order to like fully give her that, that belief system and say like you can do it you can go there you can do those things so like I mean definitely like all those feelings just kind of get like amplified and stir up and I think before baby like I was just kind of like day in day out like same thing same routine like you know what I mean and then it's like they hit and your whole life just kind of pivots and I mean like I can relate to how you were saying like being in the dead of winter, like you never see sunlight and stuff. And that really like gets to you. I think like that's a rough spot anyway. So like initially entering motherhood with like all of that going on and then yeah. um, just Oof. being in that, yeah. in that space. You know? So I'm like nodding my head like crazy <laughs> to everything you just said. It's true. And then it doesn't help when you have like every single person in society telling you things like sleep when the baby sleeps, get outside every day. Well, okay, you know what? Like maybe I want to feel like my old self again and do something while she's sleeping that's not sleeping. Like maybe I'd rather be tired. Okay, like let me do the thing or like get outside once a day. Yes, that that would make a difference, but when you it's November and it's freezing outside. And we had a dog at the time who had like major anxiety. And that was like a whole another thing. We weren't sleeping with him in the beginning. And then, you know, it takes you, I remember one time trying to get outside with the dog, get her in the stroller. But, you know, of course, after you get all the layers on and then she's sweating, you're sweating. You haven't even gotten outside yet. <laughs> By the time you get outside, it starts raining or there's like these gusty winds that were not in the forecast. Like it's just, and then you're, you're out there and you're thinking, and the dog's walking in front of the stroller. It's just like a cluster, right? And you're like, this is so much easier to just stay inside. And it's just this cycle of like, everything is so much harder than it needs to be, you know? And so it's so easy to get just into the routine of not doing anything. And and like, that is say, you know, that's like, okay, all these things can add up. And, and if you're diagnosed with depression, oh, it makes sense because, you know, it's winter. It's really hard to get outside. It's not easy to see friends and family. It's not easy to get to the gym and find us. Like, those are all things that could lead up to a diagnosis of depression. At the same time, as I've learned, it doesn't need a reason. It can just happen. It can happen to the best of all moms in the world. It can happen to the best of dads in the world. It can just happen, which makes it a real bitch. (laughs) But it's true. So, no wonder, like no wonder it's so common when you think about it. No freaking wonder. So, I mean, let's just give ourselves a little more grace here and and understand that like, again, people that make those comments about, you know, sleep in the babies, all the unsolicited advice and all of the like, well, you know, for me, it was make a list of things you're grateful for. 
that should help. And it's like, you don't understand. And what I, what I have been able to take from it and look back on now is the new, the gain perspective that people that say those things, of course, mean well. It's also, in a way, it's a good thing to hear them. I'm not saying I wish I would have heard them at the time. They weren't helpful. But now I know that the people that say those things say them because, thank God, they've never experienced anxiety or depression. Because if they had, they wouldn't have said those things. For anyone listening, I just wanted to like point that out that if it doesn't feel helpful, it doesn't feel good, you take it, you crumble it up, and you toss it to the side. You know, because that person just doesn't know. But yeah, I think I think a lot of it is also kind of too like like I said, like when you're when you're out of that space, you forget like what it was like. Because like you said, there was a lot of times that people would say stuff to me, and I'd be like, "What are you talking about? Like that's not what I need to hear right now." But like I find myself like you know saying those same things because like you said, like we don't talk about it and we don't know how to respond to it. So the only way that I know how to respond is the ways that people had said things to me. Even if I didn't like it, I'm like, well, what else do I say? (laughs) Like, oh, that's what I heard. Like, so like, I guess that's how you're supposed to respond in this situation. So, you know, I think like, that's what's beautiful about you, like writing these cards and writing these messages I'm really just like expressing a different dialogue around all of that and and saying like another story that you can tell in those situations. And I think that's beautiful. So I really that really means a lot to me. And I really appreciate that. And I think it's I think we all do it. I know that I still like I can say all that and I still say the wrong thing all the time. <laughs> like That's part of why I do cards is because cards let me make up for the dumb thing I said in the moment or the thing that I didn't say, but wanted to, you know? Um, so it, it's hard. It's something that you're like constantly going to practice like anything else and get better at, but yeah, it is hard. And it, it, because we don't talk about it. So if we don't talk about it, we have zero experience being good at it and being there for people. And it's, it is interesting that we've, I think we like want to jump in and help the person, like help the new mom with the thing or give them something, some, you know, one or two liner that will make them feel better. When the reality is like, there might not be anything we could say or do to help the situation. And actually the best thing that we can do is just take up a little space it's just let them know that we care about them, that we're, we are there for them in a heartbeat. If there's something that they need that we can help with, whether it's bringing a meal over, helping with laundry, watching the baby while they go take a shower, um, and really just being there alongside them, not trying to force something from behind or pull them from in front. And this is not my own idea. This is a concept that Brene Brown has talked about um, called accompanyar, and my friend Selena just recently brought this up with me, and I think about it all the time. It's it's so true. It's it's really just being alongside with the person, not trying to fix it, but just walking alongside them through their thing. Um, that can be so helpful. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I th- I think just you know, holding that space for them and like being by their side, like 
not even, you know, silence is okay sometimes. Like just even like sitting there with them and being with them can like make so much of a difference. And I think, you know, like back to like how you were saying that you were trying to like get out for a walk or something with your dog and like putting the baby in the stroller, like same situations kind of like were going on with me. Like I was like, okay, like I should get out of the house. I should go do something. And Rosie was born in August. So it was warm here still. And it was nice weather. And I tried to like get my dog out on a leash and, and strap her in her stroller. And we were going and it was like, okay. But then like other days it would be like, he'd pull this way and go that way. And I would still try to be like pushing the stroller. And it was just like not happening. Or I remember I can't even remember exactly like what happened, but it was like, I think we switched our dog's food. So then he was sick and throwing up. Plus I had a newborn and I was like holding her and like trying to like maybe get dinner ready or something. Like I want to say I was still on maternity leave or my husband had like gone out of town or something. And I think I had just like called one of my neighbors or like I saw them, we were in an apartment and I like saw them outside or something had happened. And I was like, I either handed the baby to them or like told them to take my dog outside as I cleaned up puke. And like so much was going on that it was just like, how is this happening? Like, it was like when one thing, yeah, when one thing happens, like 10 things just explode. And you're like, how is this all happening at once? Yeah. Oh God. I feel, I feel your pain brings me right back. Yeah. It's so, it's so hard. It's so hard. And I like, that's, it just reminds me of another thing that I wish someone, well, someone did tell me this and it was so helpful, but I, I wish like I heard it more and it was just the reminder that this is temporary. This stage of life is temporary because I vividly remember thinking this was, I don't know, even like three months after, you know, getting home from the hospital, I remember thinking one day getting out of the shower and putting like the, um, you know, my jogger pants back on. I remember thinking like, I'm never going to wear jeans again. <laughs> like This is, this is my life now. And I'm, I'm never going to wear jeans again. Like I'm only going to wear these drabby pants and this is awful. And I just remember like missing my body, you know, just all the things, but, and maybe that was anxiety talking too, just like worst case scenario of like, this is the worst. And, but it's true. That was temporary. Of course, I'm wearing jeans as we speak, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. It's crazy. I think, and I'm going back to like what you said about not knowing what to say, or just like maybe saying the wrong thing. And yeah, how we all do it. And like that, another card that I actually just recently finished says it, it touches on exactly that. And it says, because, because we want to be there for the person, right? It's, it's like the culmination of my understanding that sometimes we can't, there's nothing we can say touches on that subject of a company as well. And so the card that I came up with for especially moms going through postpartum depression or just this was also a friend recently bought this for um, a friend of hers who had a miscarriage, just the tough things that you, there, there's no way to fix them. You know, there's no way of making them better. And all it says is 
I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I don't know what to say, but I didn't want to say nothing and get quiet on you. I just want you to know I'm here. I'm listening. I'm thinking about you and I love you so much because that to me is the card that to me, it's my most important card, I think, because I know there's so many good people in my life. I'm like honored to know or let alone be related to like, there's so many good people in my life that just, we, we frankly don't know what to say. And so we get, we get quiet out of fear of saying the wrong thing or just not knowing what to say. So we don't say anything at all. But what happens, what can happen is that that silence actually ha- it could potentially have the person going through that thing, feeling like their people went missing, you know, like they, like they lost their people. And that's not, it it can feel like that, but that might not be true. It's just maybe for all those reasons of, you know, not knowing what to say, not wanting to say the wrong thing that that happens. So that card like bridges that gap to me um, and still allows you to have presence in someone's life when they're going through a thing, even though you don't know what to say. Because honestly, it's so much better to just say, I don't know what to say. I'm really sorry you're going through this instead of nothing for sure. And instead of, well, it could always be worse, you know, or what doesn't kill you makes you stronger or whatever. Um, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy while they're small. It's like, I'm so, I am not enjoying this. I am not. I remember being in a grocery store. We went to pick out a Christmas tree. You know, this is like, she's a month old and we went to the grocery store to get the tree. And a lady stopped and said, Oh, she's so beautiful. Aren't you just on cloud nine? And I was like, well, I don't want to sound like an asshole for saying no. So of course I just said, yeah, it's just great. But I remember thinking I'm on like a cloud negative two right now. This is like, not, no, I'm, I'm not on cloud nine lady, you know, but I don't want to say that. So, um, I found like with that, it's, I think open-ended questions really go a long way. Like instead of, aren't you on cloud nine? It's how are you doing? Instead of, is the baby sleeping through the night yet? Because everyone seemed to have some fetish with like the baby sleeping through the night for some reason when it's like, no, they need to wake up to eat, you know? Um, But instead of that question, it's how's your sleep? How's the baby's sleep? How are you doing? Again, can go a long way, but open-ended questions, I think, really go a long way. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a a good way of going about it because then it kind of opens up the door for them to talk about how they're feeling and you're not kind of like giving a direction of how the conversation needs to go. It's just kind of you're leaving it open for for them to kind of elaborate and answer it how they want to answer so I think that's a, a beautiful way of kind of like approaching a new mom in, in any state, you know, just how are you doing? How are you sleeping? Not like, is this happening? Is that happening? Because I think that's, you know, like how we were saying, like with the just like shaming or getting like guilt and like stuff. I think like that's where that kind of leads, because if you're saying like this should be happening or this is what new motherhood should look like or or that's going on. Like, I always like to say, like, I want every mom to enjoy every moment, but I get it that that's not always the case. Like, I wish that that could be able to enjoy all those little moments, but it 
it's never going to be exactly every little moment. Like you're gonna have those ups and downs and things that happen. And so like, yes, like, you know, enjoy like moments, but like, we're all human. It's real life. Like it's gonna, like your dog's (laughs) going to throw up on the floor. Your baby's going to throw up on you. Like they're going to (laughs) be crying. They're going to wake up. Like there's going to, yeah, there's going to be poop and puke and pee and, and who knows what else, like all coming out of like every which way. How how dare you not enjoy that? Right. (laughs) So I think it's just like, you know, like understanding that like we're all, we're all human. And yes, our babies are adorable and cute and stuff like that. But, but you know, you have, you have real emotions and it's okay to feel those emotions. And you know, yeah, to a stranger, like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm on cloud nine. Like, you know, they don't have to like, know. but if it's like a friend, like be like, no, I'm not on cloud. Like, you know, open up that conversation too of like how you're feeling. And like, like, I like to say, like, it doesn't matter how anybody's going to perceive you of what you're saying. Like, if you need to get it out, if you need to talk about something, like, just say it. Like, if they love you, they'll stick around. And I think- Something I want to like shout to, well, to myself a lot of the time and to every mom that I know, um, is you can be both things. You can be grateful and depressed. You can be grateful and suffering extreme anxiety. You can be grateful and so freaking tired. You can be grateful and exhausted and in a funk and you know, all these things you can be grateful and like at your wits end because you don't know what to do with that situation. And no matter how much you throw at it, it's just still not working. Like you can still be grateful in those moments. And I'm sure you are because if, when you think about it, you are grateful. It means so much to you to be a parent. Like it means the world to you. You love that beautiful little soul, like you, you would do anything for your baby, which is why you're feeling frustrated and tired and at your wits end. Like that's why, I mean, when you think about it, you have to have both because otherwise either you're not giving a shit, you know, so you're not feeling anything, you know, like, do you know what I mean? If that's making sense. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be one at a time, but it, it can also be both. And that's something I wish I could like go back and tell my younger new mom self, you know? Yeah. And again, going back to the, like, this is temporary, like this feeling that you're having this like experience, that moment, you know, that's temporary. And like, you, you're gonna, you're gonna get there. Like, you're gonna like keep on going and like, there are people around you that want to see you like be supported and help you and they are there for you. So I think, you know, just having those words to say and those messages to express to people in those times, I think is just such a, just such a gift oh, to totally. give to people. And yeah, totally. And I mean, there is nothing wrong with like, not just, you don't have to like block anyone out of your life or anything, but just realizing that maybe that person, even if it's a family, maybe especially if it's a family member is not equipped to 
handle what you're going through mentally. Maybe they don't have the experience with it or they don't have that grace or patience or understanding. That's okay. They, you know, you have a relationship with them for many other reasons. It's okay to put a little space between yourself and them to help you get through this season and just lean more on the people that really get it. And that will still love you no matter what you say, no matter what comes out of your mouth, you know? And I just, that was really helpful for me too, is that um, I let it be okay that I didn't continue opening up about my specifically like depression, anxiety to people that didn't understand um, because I had to do what was part of my healing for myself and for my girl, my husband, our family. But I don't know why there's like so much guilt around that otherwise you know of like having to explain yourself that like no I I yeah I mean I'm going through a tough time but like but I am I'm so grateful it could be so much worse like you don't have to do that you don't you don't have to do that it can be more than one thing at a time yeah yeah and I love the realness of your cards too I was um reading through one of them and uh what does it say it says congrats on your baby. <laughs> Sorry about your boobs. <laughs> that was another one. I was like, what the hell? No one told me about how drastic this would be. Like, I liked my boobs before I had a baby, but now they're like, they're not just back to what they were. Like, you know, after being pregnant and just having them be these like magnificent boobs. Like, now they're smaller than they were before. That is wrong. That's so unfair. <laughs> like, I've given so much of myself and my body already, and now you're taking more of it. Like this is wrong. So anyway, that was another one of those. Like this is my like creative release and snarky. You know, just like what the hell. <laughs> um, but I feel like that would be able to give a mom a needed laugh, and and I'm sure what would be a, a tough moment and time like let's just address what happens here have a laugh about it try to move on you know yeah I love that I love that realness of it and I think you know like it's your personality coming through and it's definitely something that like you know like you said it's gonna make a mom laugh and it's it's gonna just like bring that extra little (laughs) spark of joy to them so I think hopefully it won't like shed make them shed a tear be like it's so true you know like, yes, hopefully they laugh. Maybe they cry a little bit, but like, let's mostly laugh about this, you know? Right. Oh, so many things. It's like one of those, um, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, this has been like an amazing conversation. And I mean, like, if you have anything else that you want to add or like or put on, then, um, we can add that. If not, then if you want to, um, you know, like let us know where we can find you and how we can contact you, how we can get some awesome cards. Just trying to think of like what else might be helpful for moms listening. One thing I, I, I guess I do want to say to moms that might be on the fence of like, whether they have like an actual problem or not. And if you think there's any chance of it, I just will say, especially now when like everything's virtual, like you can easily make a doctor's appointment. Although I know like not everyone has the right coverage and it can be expensive, which is like a whole nother topic for another day with, um, but anyway, I have to say, I admire you and respect you so much for making that call and setting up that appointment. And even beyond like once we're out of COVID, because it's so hard to make that time to address this 
it's so hard to make appointments for ourselves because it's not just the appointment. It's yes, it's the cost, it's logistics, it's all the like you're already extremely busy as it is. And it's really hard to, you know, then just pack up your baby at the right time between nursing and going to the appointment. And it's like, it's just, it is hard. So I really admire and respect the moms that do that because it's so hard. Um, so I, I just wanted to throw that out there and just give some credit, you know, cause moms deserve all the credit in the world. Um, if you want to say something like to someone going through a thing or maybe just reminders to moms themselves going through a thing to tell themselves, I don't know if that would be. Yeah. Like what are some things that, you know, you would suggest telling somebody that's going through something or, or, you know, just as a mom listening, going through it. I, for me, like. I'll say this again, it was so helpful when people would ask the open-ended questions. That was so, so helpful and just not making any assumptions, um, but just giving them permission to say how they really feel. And I would say, again, just reminding someone that this is temporary, that was so helpful. And even just a simple, like a genuine, I'm really sorry you're going through this. That alone can be enough. That goes a long way. Um, and I'm, I'm sharing these as, you know, moms, if you're hearing this and you're going through a tough time, like you, you look in the mirror and tell yourself it's really, that can be very powerful actually. Um, to just remind yourself, like, this is temporary. You know what? I'm, Hey, I'm sorry. You're going through this. Um, remind yourself that you are so strong and that your son or daughter is so lucky to have you as their mom working through this. Um, Something else that was helpful for me was hearing people relate, but without the novel of their own experience, I just wasn't in the mindset. I didn't have the capacity to hear all the details, you know, but for the people that were sharing while keeping in mind, they were trying to help me through my turn, I guess um, that was helpful. But if if you know someone going through a tough thing and you went through something similar, like keep that in mind. That's, that's, I guess my request on their behalf is to just keep it about them. Uh, don't drop that novel in about your own experience. Cause they probably don't have the capacity or energy to take that on while they're just going through their own stuff. Um, and then the last thing I will say, my mom is a retired postpartum nurse, which was a pretty awesome, uh, pretty awesome mom to have. <laughs> she is. And but she used to tell her patients all the time, um, she would tell their partners, their husbands, or just their partners that you can do everything she can do except breastfeed. And that is very difficult for us moms, I think, to remember, because it's true that husbands can burp a baby, husbands can change the diapers, husbands can wash the bottles, they can do all the things except breastfeed. So just if you're feeling overwhelmed, you feel like the balance is off, just renegotiate what your quote unquote terms are as a couple. Um, and that goes into like middle of the night feedings, nursings. Uh, you know, I remember telling myself, well, you know, when anxiety was totally ramped up and insomnia was a thing. And I remember like, you know, we had discussed and agreed on uh, that my husband would 
you know, cause he was going into work the next morning that like he, well, he should get that rest because he needs to be awake for his job and he's got the paycheck coming in. Like, well, you know what the thing is like you, you're working too. You have a job. You have a very, very important job. You need your rest too. Just like anyone else needs their rest to get their job. So maybe you renegotiate one of those feedings at least. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Um, I think that's it. I think that those are like the big things that I wish I could tell my younger self now and, and just new moms. I think that's great. I think that is some amazing advice and, and definitely helpful. And I mean, something that I, I would have loved to hear um, going through that time. So, you know, I think, I think that's like the thing, like we don't have to um, like put the world on our shoulders and it's, it's not all up to just the mom. So I think, you know, dividing that, whoever your partner is, like wherever, like whatever, if you have any sort of other support, like let them help you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let them help you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You can find me, of course, on my website at heyweegs.com, H-E-Y-W-E-E-G-S.com. And then on Instagram at heyweegs. Yeah. But for the cards, just to see more of them, I I try to post most of them there. And then I'm really bad at sending out newsletters, but I do like to think that when I do send them out, they're a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) So I, yeah, maybe sign up for the newsletter and you get a free card when you do. Well, this has been really, really awesome. And I appreciate this conversation and you spending time with me today. So I know it's, hard for us moms to get away and and spend this time and have these conversations. So I appreciate it a lot. Well, right back at you. I really appreciate it. And you taking the time and just inviting me on. Thank you. This is is so important. I love what you're doing. Oh, this is fun. (laughs) Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood.